From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. In a Congress torn by partisanship, lawmakers agree that the government needs to do more to combat abuse of opioids, the powerful but addictive painkillers. But when representatives considered bills to do that late last month, it turned contentious, with Democrats accusing Republicans on the House Energy and Commerce Committee of rushing through GOP proposals and ignoring Democratic ones. To help us make sense of it, my guest today is Sandhya Raman, who covered the nearly nine-hour committee markup. Welcome, Sandhya. Hi. So, Sandhya, let's get the lay of the land. Why is Congress so interested in doing something about opioid abuse? Well, opioid abuse is is a huge problem in this country. More than 115 people die from an overdose every day. And it's not something that affects just rural or urban areas. It affects both. It affects all sorts of socioeconomic groups. And it's just becoming a bigger and bigger problem. So what got done in this House markup, which is was in the health subcommittee of the House Energy and Commerce Committee? So over nine hours, they considered 57 bills with a variety of amendments dealing with the opioid crisis. And it was a bit contentious just because Democrats were a bit frustrated with the number of bills and how fast that they were moving along with the process, just because it is a large number of bills that touched on some very important topics to them, and they wanted to kind of go through them a little bit slower and just kind of weigh all the pros and cons of the different bills. Right. I mean, for people who don't know, um, a nine-hour committee markup where a committee in Congress considers legislation, adds amendments, and determines whether to forward it on to the House floor is very unusual. Nine hours is quite long. 50-something bills is also quite unusual that that many pieces of legislation would be considered in one session. So were there specific things in the bills? I mean, is it possible to to summarize some of the high points of what the legislation would do? Sure. So there were a lot of different um, proposals that Democrats and Republicans did agree on. There were proposals that would deal with advancing um, research to find a non-addictive painkiller to something the Senate is also considered in their package. Uh, There's a bill called Jesse's Law that is also being considered by the Senate that would allow physicians to know if if their patient has a history of uh, addiction so that they don't prescribe them an opioid um, if they're treating them for something else. There's a lot of different proposals touching on telemedicine, which is allowing you to prescribe from a distance, especially in an area where you might not have access to doctors that... A rural area. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Greg Walden, he's the, the chairman of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Um, what did he do by way of explaining the process and why they were handling it in the way that they, they did? So Greg Walden from Oregon, who's a Republican, is the chairman. And he has been a strong proponent of getting a a batch of bills through the full House by Memorial Day. And so he is on a pretty strict timeline to just kind of get that through and was strongly saying that this is a huge problem and we need to go at this kind of pace and consider this many bills to really attack the problem. It is time for us to act, not to drag our feet and delay and wait another day and another 41 or 116 people dying. 41 will show up in emergency rooms. 
due to overdose. I think it is the height of irresponsibility to drag and delay, and that's why we are moving forward. Now, we could have one bill before us, and it would be about this big, and we'd have them all in there, and I don't know what your argument would be. We have looked at these individually. Um, we will continue to work with members moving forward. It is our job to move forward. Now, Frank Pallone, he's the Democrat from New Jersey who's the, the top Democrat on the panel. And what was his response? He said that we're definitely going too fast. He didn't like that we were considering a lot of draft bills. A huge number of the bills that were considered and voted on were not, have not been introduced to the House formally, and so they're not fully fleshed out yet, and that worried him a lot. This complex public health crisis facing our nation requires thoughtful, measured solutions. We can all agree that action must be taken to stymie the opioid overdose deaths ravaging our country, but taking the wrong action because we're not spending the appropriate amount of time to get these policies right could have the very serious consequences of making things worse. And I have urged the chairman to slow this process down to choose quality over quantity while this happened at the subcommittee level, next week on May 9th, there will be a full committee markup of these opioid bills, which really shows that this is a top priority for members of the House. And this is especially, I think, a priority given that it is an election year for them. And this is an important issue in a lot of their districts. And I think a lot of members would like to go back to their districts and say, here's my name on a bill. I am helping to solve this crisis that's affecting our area. For our listeners, again, a, a draft bill in Congress is one that, as you said, hasn't been introduced. But the committee approved these draft bills with the idea that any gaps or holes in them would be filled in before they went to the full House floor, right? So yeah. The committee never would get a get a vote or a look at those, those uh, new additions to the legislation. Yeah, they're hoping to fix things out. Okay. So given the contentiousness over the process, was there disagreement really— any substantive disagreement over the policy in this legislation? The policy was not a, something that was as much disagreed upon. I think that they're going to be able to come together because all of the 57 bills that they voted on did pass the committee. Um, there were a few bills that Democrats were opposed to, but they were willing more so to come together and discuss some of those proposals. So I think that it should be not that difficult to get a bipartisan package out. And you identified for me there was some instances in which the Democrats were siding with the Trump administration, right, against the congressional Republicans. Yeah, so there is a bill that deals with the IMD exclusion, which is a portion of Medicaid which deals with substance abuse treatment in residential facilities. There's currently regulations that if there are more than 16 beds, uh, they can't provide Medicaid funding for someone to have treatment there. And Medicaid is the federal state health care program for low-income people. Yeah. So uh, in a previous hearing, a member of uh, the Trump administration uh, from HHS had said that they wanted to rely on a waiver process to have states individually apply to override this policy. And Democrats agree with this policy and think that it should be done on a waiver process, whereas Republicans were saying that they would like a federal regulation to kind of override this and speed up the process. So as far as the bipartisan consensus about tackling this problem of opioid abuse, um, it's still there. You th your, your assessment is that 
you you expect they'll come together around legislation in the end? I think so, because uh, in the Senate, they came together on a bipartisan proposal and had one bill with over 40 proposals that they all agreed on unanimously. So I think that there is a chance for them to come together. There's a lot of proposals that were in common between the House and the Senate, so there's a good chance that they could come together on something. This is the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. And what was the tenor of the debate there? Was it contentious at all? It wasn't. They were unanimous on uh, the bill. They considered one bill rather than a lot of bills. Um, and that one bill had a lot of different bipartisan proposals. But it passed unanimously on voice vote. And um, it wasn't contentious at all. And what was the policy? What were the policy highlights in that legislation? So there are some similarities with the House. Uh, one priority of Lamar Alexander is finding a... He's the Tennessee uh, Republican who chairs the panel. Yeah. So he would like to find a painkiller that is not addictive and something he's called the holy grail of solving the opioid crisis. So advancing research for that is a top thing in that bill. Also, um, finding ways to package opioids that do need to be prescribed in smaller doses so that Physicians are less likely to uh, prescribe a large amount and to kind of prevent addiction. And there were also coordinating between FDA and Customs and Border Control to kind of prevent the importation of like illegal opioids like fentanyl, which is a synthetic opioid. Right. I mean, this this whole problem, um, if I'm correct, it stems from people being prescribed opioids, things like OxyContin or Percocet to deal with pain that they're experiencing. But oftentimes it leads to them trying illegal drugs like fentanyl or heroin and becoming addicted to those. So as far as the legislation goes, does it tackle both sides of that? I mean, do you expect that whatever they come up with will ultimately deal with the problem of opioid medication and then the problem of illegal use of heroin and fentanyl? Yeah, it definitely addresses both sides. Uh, the experts that I've talked to have been happy with this Senate proposal because it addresses all different parts of the crisis. Um, but the legislation I mentioned does deal with stopping fentanyl at the border, which is a huge part of it. But a lot of the proposals deal more with prevention and treatment for people that currently uh, are suffering from opioid use disorder. Is it, was there any discussion of whether the companies um, that make the opioids bear any responsibility or whether anything should be done about their production or marketing processes? So Bernie Sanders, the independent senator from Vermont, uh, offered an amendment that did not pass that dealt with holding some of these drug company executives accountable for their actions. There's been a lot of litigation, too, about that, where people have filed lawsuits surrounding the marketing of OxyContin and some of the other uh, opioid medications. Yeah, the House is also going to be holding a hearing coming up that will be addressing some of this. Okay, so you said Memorial Day. Um, does that mean we can expect uh, a new law in place sometime this summer? I think that this is really a high priority for them, but Memorial Day might be cutting it a little close. Uh, but I could definitely see something passing this summer. So, Sandia, does this mean more money for the people out in the states helping people coping with addiction? So the Senate bill in its current form does not appropriate any more money, but in the most recent uh, spending bill for 2018, there was $4 billion that was appropriated to address different aspects of the crisis. All right, Sandia, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you. 
I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall. 